0: science in context to research brings sustainable mindset with healthy information environment. Scholars Knowledge to Wisdom podcast is an initiative to science communication from trusted source. Today's episode will walk you through the journey of a special soul who is an associate professor in environmental science department Chandigarh University, Mohali, Punjab. She had her PhD in environmental science from Guru Nanak Dev University, Amritsar, India. Her areas of interest include environmental toxins, soil remediation, environmental genotoxicity, pollen studies, biomonitoring, heavy metals in environment, soil amendments, and like. She was invited. Dalab Doctor Fellow at Biomedical Research Institute, AIST, SCUBA, Japan. She was chairperson for the two technical sessions being organized by ACUNS and United Nations at Geneva. She has been awarded with Travel Grant Award and also the Best Scientist by Pearl Foundation of Educational Excellence. She is an expert reviewer for Chemosphere and PLOS1. She has published more than 20 research articles, book chapters, and four books under banner of international publishers such as Springer, Bantam, and Elsevier. So let's welcome Dr. Ashita Sharma. Good morning, doctor. Thank
1: you so much. Good morning. Thank you so much for such detailed introduction. Thank you. You're most welcome, doctor. Do tell us where are you joining us from? Currently, I am in Mohali. I am joining from my workplace. So, okay. It's, it's uh, really a delight to be a part of uh, one of your episodes. Yeah, Thank it's you. a pleasure.
0: pleasure. Um, so before we move ahead, <clears throat> with the communication based on science, Just take us back to the beginning of your journey to
1: PhD by where
0: and how it started. Okay,
1: Uh, thank you. Actually, uh, about my PhD journey, I always had a love for science. I was always curious. I always wanted to pursue a career in science. And I think uh, the I will give the major credit for this to my school teachers because they have inculcated a lot of critical thinking, a lot of uh, uh, curious mindset in me. And as a result of which I was always curious to pursue science. And regarding PhD, (laughs) when I joined PhD or when I was driven for PhD at that time, I didn't actually know uh, what it it can uh, bring to me but uh, honestly at that time my only motivation or the biggest motivation I would say apart from love for science was to get a good platform to speak I was uh, always uh, into this that I should have a knowledge for uh, my specialized domain and I should be able to speak at global platforms I should be able to uh, handle the global audience and uh, this was the major motivation behind me. And thankfully, after so many years of PhD, I got the platform of United Nations and all that. But uh, this was the major motivation. and uh, But now when I completed my master's, for three years, I was working in uh, a local college and on ad hoc basis. And I was pursuing for PhD, I was trying for PhD. I was appearing for various interviews, but I was not getting selected because uh, there were numerous reasons. And most of the times the internal candidates who uh, had who were pursuing MPhil there, they got selected. And uh, I remember at one point of time, I even questioned the panel uh, in a very harsh way, that why you are not selecting me, even though I am clearing all the aspects, but uh, eventually I would say that uh, when the time is right, when you get the right opportunity, you will get that. And uh, nobody can stop that. And in 2011, there was an interview in which uh, I got selected and it was kind of dream come true. And one more thing. Mm i had nice. appeared for various interviews for phd and this was the one interview uh, for which my dad happily sent me for <laughs> okay. for other interviews he was never interested he he never wanted me to pursue phd because uh, i was mm-hmm. always very bold and i was always very um, outgoing and he thought that uh, if i'll do phd uh, i'll i'll not find a match so he was always of this mindset and uh, after 3 years of okay. he rel- uh, he i mean rigorously finding a match for me and i rigorously trying for phd ultimately i succeeded and uh, that was the one interview where he said okay go for your dreams and go for phd that's so this was how it all started
0: good good so, uh, do tell us uh, about uh, the the inspiration uh, that you get for PhD from your family or or from the school, like.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, I belong to a very uh, education-driven family. Everyone in my family uh, is aligned towards education. My grandfather uh, was an um, English honours graduate during his times and he was uh, uh, he was not into teaching but he was uh, teaching people who used to come to him for any guidance so he was always uh, uh, one of the motivation that he wanted that everyone should pursue he used to call me that I am a version of uh, Indira Gandhi and all uh, like that so he uh, was one of the motivation and although I lost him uh, during very early years of my life but his words were always there at the back of my mind Mm -hmm. and apart from that uh, I'll give all the credit to my school teachers they Mm -hmm. were the prime reason for which uh, I developed a love for science I developed a um, curiosity and uh, this curious mind was also uh, developed within the household I mean uh, during my early days when I used to ask too many questions why this is I have every child is asking that so yeah. when I was asking too many questions why it is like that why it is everyone in my home my dad my mom uh, uh, there was my tayaji staying with us my uh, grandmother everyone was very patient to answer all my curiosities uh, to answer all my questions related to stars to astronomy because I guess every child is very attracted towards yes. those constellations and everything yeah. I was also very much attracted so uh, I always got those answers that further increased my curiosity that further developed my interest in science and uh, eventually there was uh, there is one teacher uh, miss nalini joshi she was our science teacher in uh, the school uh, i i'm uh, really thankful for, uh, to her for clearing all the basic concepts of science and uh, she um, she was always uh, motivating us to find the reasons for everything that if uh, this is blue why you we all have seen tarazim in so mm-hmm. she was more or less like uh, that teacher that uh, she developed that curiosity inside us so mm-hmm. probably that was one of the major reasons that uh, resulted this type of interest in me
0: so uh, teachers are always the backbone of, yes. of students yeah. We are uh, some of all the teachers that we have been through the journey. Yes.
1: Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. And during, sorry, during my PhD also, I had worked under the guidance of Professor Avinash Nagpal. Uh, Uh She's a wonderful human being. And uh, the way she has uh, nurtured me, I mean, uh, the curiosity was developed in school, but uh, the I was uh, a very different person before I joined PhD, but working for five years under her guidance. Uh, all Yes, it was a science guidance. Apart from uh, the things she has nurtured in me, the morals, mm. the values which she has inculcated in me, they are mm. also beyond any version. So yeah. I'm thankful to her as well. Mm.
0: So doctor, uh, tell us about your why
1: behind the research. Uh, yes. So why behind the research? Like I have mentioned, the biggest motivation was to uh, know the things, to understand the um, knowledge, uh, to understand the concepts, to understand the uh, reasons for what why everything is happening. But especially when I moved towards environmental sciences, because uh, my domain was environmental sciences, uh, during my master's only, I, I was very much convinced when I was taking admission that I want to pursue a career in environmental sciences. I was told uh, by many of uh, my seniors, by many of my, you know, you know uh, other uh, well wishers, that uh, you should go for something which is a pure science like botany, zoology, uh, which can be, which will be in demand for a long period of time but uh, again uh, maybe because i was uh, observing everything which was going around us so i was very much concerned that uh, environment is something where i want to do some i want to do my bit i want to contribute for the global cause and uh, that was the reason i chose masters in environmental sciences then and there and Mm -hmm. eventually the PhD in environmental sciences was again uh, a step I would say uh, a small step where I thought that I can contribute uh, towards this global cause because in my own life I think we all uh, have seen that that I have witnessed global warming if we remember our childhood days Mm -hmm. to today So uh, it was something which which I was observing, which I could relate to. I could not relate to many of the concepts of pure sciences because I could not see them. But uh, this was something where I could relate and uh, I really wanted to pursue a Uh, my research in environmental sciences domain and uh, the major reason was never that I wanted to clear an eligibility for any academic um, career or anything academic career was not in my mind like I have mentioned that uh, my my biggest motivation was just to know the things and to be able to speak about it (laughs) that was the biggest motivation yeah
0: I think uh, I would uh, draw here like uh... You were hungry for the global recognition. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was
1: hungry. <laughs> yes, I, I I am hungry for the global recognition. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and and I think that um, one should be. <laughs> yeah, I I don't find any uh, anything wrong in it because yes. uh, that is something which uh, keeps you driven. You have to be ambitious. You yes. have to be ambitious. You have to be greedy about uh, recognition.
0: Um, so, Dr. Here, as you uh, talked about uh, that, you chose environmental science because you were able to see the things. Yes. So, here, uh, what feeling would you associate with that?
1: Yes, uh, this is really a very, very interesting question. Uh, okay. I can recall some of the incidents in uh, my childhood, which I missed when I grew up. Uh, Very small incidents like uh, uh, wearing winter clothes in Diwali. Mm. Now we don't wear them. Mm. Small incidents like sleeping on the roof without any um, fan or anything like that. Mm. And enjoying the rain during the monsoon period. Now we Mm. don't enjoy in monsoon period. We do have rain, but the patterns have changed. Mm. Then uh, uh, those small, uh, you know, uh, even uh, these lot of fruits which we used to have. Now we don't have them. Mm. I think you might remember we used to have falsas uh, during our childhood. We don't find them now. And I miss them. I miss Mm -hmm. them. I miss all those small things which I used to cherish during my childhood, which are eventually lost because of uh, anthropogenic activities or because of uh, environmental issues or anything like that. So uh, definitely uh, I'm passionate about it because I miss those uh, childhood memories associated with it. Mm
0: so doctor as you have 8 years of teaching and uh, 10 years of research experience tell us what has remained same versus what has changed in context to science communication
1: okay uh science communication uh, see science communication came into existence uh, very recently research was in uh, research was there since the existence of human life if uh, we now know that these are the food articles we need to eat it is part of research it Mm -hmm. was the ancient research which led to the uh, evolution of our food which led to the evolution of our construction material which led to the evolution of uh, the entire urbanization some of those uh, aspects were documented in our Quran's or in our vedas or in our ancient literature but some of them were not documented but the documentation at that time was just to disseminate the information the uh, documentation the idea of documentation of science was just to make people know that okay this is right for you and this is going to help you at that point of time but as uh, this academics and research started growing, and uh, eventually because we are a developing nation and here we have reached to a situation that we want a lot of higher education institutes. We want a lot of uh, institutes which are going to have, uh, which are going to give a lot of degrees. We although now uh, some situation is changing, but still the major focus of society is always just the degrees. And eventually when uh, we are moving towards, uh, we are moving from one level of degree to another, to another, like uh, our grandfathers, if they were doing graduation, that was considered a very uh, valid degree. And eventually, after a few generations, now PhD is a very common degree, just like the graduation at that time. So eventually, when we have made these degrees so common, the idea of science communication has changed because we have associated research publications or we have associated academic research with all these aspects. So uh, science communication, which was earlier need driven, is now policy driven is now uh, driven by uh, these accreditation agencies, is now driven by these ranking agencies. uh, And you can get a good NAC score or a good rank if you have a good number of publications. I don't Mm -hmm. understand this concept. Really, I don't understand. I am into academic research, but I don't understand. That why we need to publish, why there has to be a target Mm -hmm. Why there has to be a target publication that within one year you have to publish, say, 200 papers as an institute or more than that. Why there has to be target publication should be focused only when we know something new, we should publish it. Mm -hmm. That's how science communication should go. Apart from that, uh, because of emergence of these uh, publication houses, uh, although they are doing pretty well. They are uh, more focused on, uh, uh, you know, commercialization of uh, the science or they are more focused on the uh, financial aspects. They are not focused on popularization of science. So we Mm. miss the popular science articles, Uh, the information which is available or the scientific articles which are written. A layman cannot understand that. And Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of research which is being done, it is just left like that and nobody understands that what actually is happening. And we observed this in COVID as well, Mm -hmm. that uh, numerous papers were out there and everyone was interpreting them in their own way. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is a need that uh, if the research article is being published... So a publication house should also publish a popular science article related to that, uh, which is non-technical, which a layman can understand, so Mm -hmm. that whatever science we are doing, it should at at least go to the society. So this is uh, really one uh, big aspect which uh, needs to be checked. And uh, the change is uh, what I have mentioned, that the change is that it has moved from need-driven to policy-driven publication or Mm policy-driven communication, which is leading us nowhere. We are just increasing the bulk of information and most of it is disinformation. Most of it is, is misinformation. Uh, there was a word which was used by WHO during pandemic that is infodemic. Mm. Uh, we were fighting with pandemic at one point and we were also fighting with infodemic. There was a lot of information available. Mm. Now there's a lot of information. Some of them is also because of some plagiarized research papers or low quality research papers which are being published. Mm. So uh, this is how uh, in, when we are targeting towards uh, number, this is how uh, communication is changing, and it will lead to a uh, not so good environment. And th- keeping this in mind, UGC has recently mentioned that uh, there is no requirement of publication in PhD. Hmm. On the one hand, UGC has mentioned that there is no requirement of publication. Hmm. On the other hand, there are agencies which accreditate an institute on the basis of research publications, that how many research publications you have. Hmm. So it's controversial, it's contradictory. Even now, a lot of institutes, most of the institutes, they are just focused in increasing the number, which is definitely not right. Hmm.
0: And how would you relate the scientific temper here?
1: Yes, so because everyone is mentioning, because everyone is pursuing PhD, mm. because we have made PhD as an eligibility criteria and uh, there is uh, there are people who are just doing it for the sake of getting a degree to mm. get into the academic career. And they don't have that hunger for science. They don't have that love for science. I'm I'm very honest, brutally mm-hmm. honest there. Yeah. They just uh, want to complete the degree mm. and uh, they want to complete it on time so that they can get promoted on time. They can get all the recognition on time. And as a result, uh, it is leading to increase in bulk of uh, you know, uh, publications and they do not have any scientific temper. So we we need not, to, for higher education, we must not focus just on PhD scholars that they should uh, pursue PhD. important is that they should know how to teach. Mm. So uh, we are making B.Ed mandatory at school level, mm. uh, but there is no teaching training mandatory for higher education. Mm. A student which has uh, just completed 12 and moved to the first year of graduation. Mm. How we are imagining that his psychology has changed all of a sudden and he do not need anyone who understands the style psychology or who understand the teenage psychology. So teacher training is required, but PhD is not required, at least at graduation level, unless we are going for anything with, like research. Uh, it should not be made mandatory. Only the one who is interested Mm. And has the scientific temper who want to uh, know the things mm. uh, should pursue for PhD. Yeah, and uh, recent yeah. guidelines have also changed that. Uh, there are recent guidelines which mention that PhD is not compulsory, but we have a lot, many PhDs around there. So uh, everyone tries to get uh, tries to hire only a PhD fellow. Mm.
0: Uh, very valuable insights. Doctor, uh, so uh, what steps would you take as an initiative towards number one, science communication and number two, low standard publication?
1: Okay, uh, given a chance, if I reach to any such position where I can actually uh, suggest policymakers, we had this discussion at the Council on United Nations as well that uh, uh, There is a need to uh, stop these, uh, you know, low-quality journals. And the only way to stop these low-quality journals is to remove the target factor from the um, publications. Till the time uh, we keep this target factor, till the time we uh, understand or we accredited an institute or we rank an institute on the basis of number of publications we cannot uh, phase out these low quality journals um, i know people who have published uh, just two articles in their life and they are doing pretty well in science they have got million dollar dollar mm-hmm. grants or they have got uh, you know uh, recognition at uh, global level there they were invited fellows at NIH or all that because those two publications were doing something for the society they were Mm. helping the society they were uh, making our life easier or they were solving a major issue or they were uh, providing any um, medicinal value or they were they were doing something for the society but uh, when we are just focusing on uh, the number then it's i mean i don't want to comment that how these papers are written but uh, they are just uh, they are just to increase the number mm. and uh, some of the results are not even validated uh, i always tell my students that uh, the kind of papers which are being published or the amount of papers which are being published right now Mm. and uh, nobody is checking them there won't be a time when we will read a statement that Newton's second law uh, of motion states that and it will be cited something like Sharma at all Mm. nobody will know how to cite a Newton's uh, law Mm. and uh, people will think that okay Newton's law was stated by Ashita Sharma or something like that if I'll repetitively say, say that Eventually, uh, if uh, even, um, I mean, people relate only health articles or health science as a critical article, that anything related to medicine should be uh, well designed, should be well validated before it is published. Even any small engineering article should be well validated before it is being published. Suppose we are validating a construction material and we are saying that it is having a very good strength. And our research paper is mentioning that this article is going to, uh, is is earthquake resistant or anything like that. We are inviting a disaster if it is not. Mm. So uh, importance of research communication should be taught at uh, primary, I mean, uh, early school levels, Mm. importance of uh, whatever you are writing. It mm-hmm. should not be plagiarized. It should not be copied. That should be uh communicated in early school times. Apart from that, uh, without understanding the research aptitude, we should not admit anyone to PhD. Just on the basis of uh, marks they have scored in M.Tech or M.Sc does not make any sense. Mm-hmm. They should have the research aptitude. They should. Uh, feel the compassion for the society. If one is compassionate for the society, he or she may not do anything which may harm the society. And a low quality research publication can invite a disaster, can invite another pandemic, can invite major issues. Uh, So, Steps are to be taken and uh, these, this is not a one-day job. This is not a one thing, uh, one step which can be taken. This is this involves policy makers, this involves school education, this involves uh, higher education institutes, this involves everyone who is associated with academia. Everyone has to work together, only then we can move towards uh, this step that low-quality publications are uh, being stopped.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Very valuable insights and uh, here uh, do tell us more about uh, like how can we improve it in our education system as you talk about the schooling to college to university uh, just tell us one factor that we work on and that that will help. Inculcate
1: moral values to every citizen in the society. If Mm. uh, we are able to inculcate those moral values in every citizen of the society, uh, most of our issues would be resolved. Yes. I mean, uh, when we get closer to any such society which uh, is compassionate or which is having those moral values, we see that they do not do anything which which may cause a harm. Uh, We can closely watch the Japanese culture in that regard. Uh, They are so compassionate about everything. They won't do anything which can lead to a problem for anyone in the society. So uh, this is one important aspect. If at school levels and at homes, we are developing, uh, we are inculcating good values, we are inculcating uh, compassion for the society, most of the issues would be resolved. We, we won't find the issues related to communal violence. we won't find the issues related to even environmental problems if that compassion is there from the childhood. Hmm.
0: Research based on core values.
1: Yes, not just research based. It is just that if one is uh, ethical enough in general in life, hmm. he is not do, going to do anything unethical in research yes even. it will it will it, travel. Yes. it will travel so yeah. it's it starts from the very beginning these ethics these moral values they are to be inculcated from the beginning from the childhood only yeah. uh, the person who is unethical in one way or the other is going to uh, practice something unethical in research
0: definitely yes um Doctor, as we improve the science communication, will it impact the quality of publication rather than just focusing on number of publications and high impact publications which just remain there without solving any, uh, you can say the real problem that still exists in the society?
1: Definitely. If we are able to reduce this target factor or if we are able to uh, not relate the publications science publications with accreditations or with rankings eventually publications will only happen when something concrete is uh, going to uh, be there I mean see why anyone will write a paper uh, if it is not uh, leading to any promotion um, in an unethical way Mm -hmm. if it is associated with promotion from one level to another only then we try to inculcate uh, wrong practices and try to publish publish a paper. If it is not related, then the communication will happen only when something bigger is there or something which, uh, some problem which has been solved only when someone wants to share an information which he has gone, uh, uh, which, is, which he has received in the laboratory or through the experiments or through any such activity. Uh, like in ancient times, the publication or uh, the ancient literature was only when uh, it was required to share the information. It was not driven by any policy. It was definitely improved the quality.
0: Mm-hmm. And what one advice would you like to give to undergraduates, postgraduates and the researcher who want to pursue their career in research?
1: If you want to pursue a career in research, don't pursue a career Uh, I mean, don't opt for research just because it is being said by one or the other person that you need to do PhD or it is being said by some document that you need to do PhD uh, for this post. Do it because you want to know something. You want, uh, you have that hunger for knowledge or you are uh, passionate for science if it is related science is everywhere wherever we are uh, whatever field we are talking about so if you are passionate about science if you are if you want to uh, know something if you want to solve some social issue only then get into research otherwise it makes no sense and eventually you will not lead anywhere if you are just doing it for the sake of uh, degree it will not take you anywhere just do what you uh, want to do whatever you're and even after undergraduate even after postgraduate there are too many opportunities we are just not aware about them there are too many opportunities at uh, international level as well uh, where we can contribute towards the social well-being as well and uh, we don't want uh, if you don't want to get into research research is only to solve the issues only to Mm. know about the why of the things which are happening so if you have that hunger only then get into the research and uh, research is not just five year thing you will not end up and I mean after PhD it is not over Mm.
0: it is a continuous
1: process and it should go as a continuous process
0: Mm. so research is a lifelong journey yes um, which which should be driven uh, with curiosity and uh, yes. the teachers are are the backbone of uh, of that curiosity driven uh, definitely and, and the core values and the principles that are set in an individual i think that is that happens from uh, from his or her parents itself that yes. travels to the school to the college mm-hmm. to the university which are further nurtured by the teachers and mm-hmm. uh, and that form, a, a good form of research, which is ethical and, and which is value-based research.
1: Which is value-based, definitely.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, doctor. So uh, with this, we will uh, move ahead with a rapid fire round. It, it, okay. It'll just take one or two seconds. Sure. Uh, analytical or creative? Creative. MSc or PhD? MSc. Read a book or watch a movie? Read a book. Sunrise or sunset? Both. Why both?
1: They both have their own charm because Um, uh, if there is no dusk, it will not lead to a new dawn i oh. i don't feel sad on my failures uh, my husband was also mentioning this that you work hard for something and then you don't get it and you don't feel sad about it mm. is it it's okay and uh, someday or the other i'll get it so mm. same as how i relate with sunset that okay if the sun is setting it is uh, bringing a new sun tomorrow so both
0: oh, so inspiring and uh, uh, thank you, doctor, for being here and uh, giving the giving your insights to the undergraduates, postgraduates, and the researchers, whosoever listen to this podcast, will definitely uh, you will be the lighthouse for them.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, it is uh, my pleasure to be here, and uh, it was really exciting. I was excited about it. I wanted to, uh, you know. Uh, as I said that I always wanted to share my views. So I was yeah. excited. Thank you so much.
0: We will have many more sessions with you on different topics. And uh, and and we wish to have you here again and again to share your you. insights. And, and that will um, enlighten the path to the PhD journey.
1: Thank you. And I uh, listened some of your episodes and I feel that... Uh, uh, it is really a good um, channel or a good podcast which is going to help a lot of researchers because I have heard uh, your previous guests as well because uh, when someone is new into the research there are a lot of uh, questions which yes. uh, remain unanswered mm-hmm. so it's going to